But when I met Oprah, that's what she asked me. She was like, are you sure you want this? And I felt like God was asking me if I wanted to do this work. She looked me dead in the eyes, like dead in my soul. She's like, are you sure you want this? I still like can feel it in my chest that moment. And I, I, I don't know if I, if it took me 10 seconds or like three minutes to answer her. And I was like, yes, I want to pursue this. And she was like, okay, then you have to be ready. She's like, very few people in this world will understand what it is to try and lead out in this way as a woman. She's like, but I understand it. And it is not for the faint of heart. So that's where we have to start. You have to understand that you are making a choice, whether it's on a global scale or in your own community or in your family of origin, you are making a choice that is different. And because it is different, you're going to encounter tension. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. Let's start with where the idea for today's episode came from. Let's start there. I was remembering. That's where the idea came from. I was remembering when I hadn't yet published, or maybe I had, but it was early in my career as a known author. So I say known author because there was a very long time where I was an author, but very few people actually knew who I was. And sometime around the beginning of 2018, when Girl Wash Your Face was coming out, I would say like within the first six months of that year. So I was going from relatively small fan base of people who read my work or or looked at the blog to a wider audience, to a bigger group of people, to a more international group of people. So my profile, as it were, was getting bigger. And with a larger platform, with more followers, with more success, comes more scrutiny. You have more people paying attention to your work. Frankly, you have more people looking for you to make mistakes than ever before because I think there's maybe like a natural human thing, or maybe it's not natural. Maybe it's with the advent of the social media or the internet that humans became obsessed with looking for flaws in other people. But whatever the psychology is surrounding that idea, I just know that the larger my profile became the more public scrutiny I had. That is true for anyone. I don't care who you are, what you do. If you own a bakery in a small town and the bakery starts to do better and better, for the first time ever, you might encounter someone writing a bad Yelp review. You might be a real estate agent and You are just doing your thing, putting your properties on Facebook, and all of a sudden someone starts writing rude comments, or they don't like your photos, or they don't like that part of town. It just, unfortunately, is the price of admission. What happens for most of us is that pushback from people on the internet triggers our good girl or good boy psychology. Many of us were raised in environments that 
taught us to be good. And when I say good, what essentially we were taught was how to be a people pleaser. How do I show up in a way that will earn me the most praise, the most love, the most attention, that I will be a good representation of my parents, I will be a good representation of my church family, I will be a good girl because that's what I've been taught to be. Not everybody has this, but many of us do. And because we've got that psychology going on inside of us, when you get any kind of pushback, it's debilitating. In fact, I used to think that everybody felt this way. I used to think that every single person who got any kind of negative feedback also crumbled completely, also you know, completely shut down, stopped being able to function. Like I thought it was everybody. And then I found a friend group. I found a group of entrepreneurs. I started hanging out with, I'm going to be honest, more men who did not share my psychology. And I would watch them get flack. I would watch them get flack for things that were way more intense than me putting up a casserole recipe as a blogger. And they would just you know, shake it off immediately. Like they would, they wouldn't even take it in, to be honest. They just sort of understood that the work they were doing might ruffle feathers. And so they just kept going. And I had these things kind of simultaneously happening in my life where I was experiencing more success. I was getting more pushback and it was pushback over stupid things. Like I have absolutely gotten feedback from the internet in the last 10 years that really helped me to grow as a person. And I want to acknowledge like that accountability and that community, especially when my community was much smaller. I had people say like, hey, that sounds hurtful or hey, don't say this thing or hey. And I had no idea that what I was saying was hurtful or wrong. It was incredible. It is one of the greatest educations I've gotten in my adult life is that community. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, it's because you're working on something and you're working on something that requires you to show up and put yourself out there and put your work out there and show the world some piece of you. And when we show the world a piece of us, it's vulnerable. So how on earth do you do this work while you're sort of getting these zingers? So at the beginning of 2018, I remember talking to an author who had been in the game much longer than I had. You know, she was a speaker. She had done all this stuff. I, I She was 10 years older than me. And so I thought, okay, she's going to have wisdom. And I remember asking her, how do I get a thicker skin? I really want to be able to do this work. But no joke, back then, if I got negative feedback, it would shut me down for a week. I just crumble. I couldn't function. And it would be like, y'all, not even feedback from someone I knew, not even feedback from someone who I had created a community with and they could hold me accountable. Like I was getting feedback from some random person on the internet. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if it's a bot. I don't know if it's some guy in his mom's basement, but I would take it as if my mentor just reprimanded me because my hair looked frizzy that day. Like it was stuff that just, oh, it was so defeating. And I remember asking her this question and she was like, oh, sis, like over time, you'll just get a thicker skin. You'll do this work and you'll get a thicker skin. And for the most part, she was right. If you keep showing up enough and you keep doing this kind of work and you keep evolving as a person, you're not sort of going backwards or you're not becoming one of those people that gets negative feedback and then you're like, okay, internet, that pissed you off. I'm going to become the worst version of myself because I can get attention either way. So I will be the worst version of me because that will get me attention. For me, I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to evolve. I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. And yes, over time, I have gotten a thicker skin. But I thought it might be interesting if I broke apart some things I didn't know then when I was asking that question that I know now in 2023, five years have gone by, five years with massive success, five years with being celebrated publicly, five years with being shamed publicly, five years with all of the things. And how do I 
How do you keep showing up to do the work if you were raised to be someone who thought you had to get everything right and perfect and good? And so like me, back in the day, maybe you get some pushback and it shuts you down. And frankly, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do in your life, whether it's personal or professional, you're trying to make a change and change requires momentum. And if every single time someone says something mean to you on the internet, you stop moving, it's going to take you a really long time to get to your goal. So how do we stay in the momentum? How do we take that stuff in stride? What are some of the things that I didn't know then that I know now? That's what I want to talk about today. Let's start right here at the top with something I didn't understand and something you need to understand before you do one more thing in this direction. In fact, this episode could be called what it's actually going to take. What it's actually going to take to be a thought leader. What it's actually going to take to break a generational cycle in your family, what it's actually going to take to launch the business, to become a life coach, to write a book, to have your own podcast, whatever it is you're working on. It's like, this is the stuff I didn't know. And if I had known, it would have felt more normal to me. It didn't feel normal to me. I felt like I'm all alone in this. So if that's you, maybe this will help. And this is the first one. The first thing that you need to get is that in order to have success in the thing you are trying to do, you must go against the grain. In order to have success in the way you're trying to have success, it means fundamentally that you are going to do something that is not like what other people are doing. Could you have success in any given field doing what most other people do? Absolutely, 100%. That is all over the place. That is successful people who live really good lives, who are making a great living, taking care of their family, fishing on the weekends, just like doing all the things. Yes, that is a path. But for what you and I are talking about today, it's something bigger, right? Like if you're trying to just check the boxes, if you're like, I want to have a good life, I'm going to follow, I'm going to kind of be right there in the middle, not really going to push, I'm not going to fall behind, but I'm just going to like focus on, you know, just just right here, kind of mid-range. Beautiful. I love that for you. That is your choice. And in fact, after listening to this podcast, you might be like, you know what? I'm going to be right there in the middle. I am not trying to be something that is above what other people are doing. But if you are trying to do something that is different than all the people you know, you are against the grain. If you are trying to do something that is different than your family of origin, you're going against the grain. If you're trying to do something your mama didn't do, your sister didn't do, you're you're the first one in your family to go to college, you're the first one in your family to get out of debt, you're the first one in your family to make a million dollars, like you're the first one in your family to give up everything and go live in a developing nation to help a community there. Like whatever it is you're trying to do, if it is different than the people around you, then you are by nature going against the grain. And when we go against the grain, there's tension. We're pushing against something that is different than what the world expects, whether our world is gigantic or very small. We're pushing against something that's different. And when you do that, it will not be easy. Period. Forever and ever, it will not be easy. And the reason I say forever is because if you are trying to do any of those things, you will naturally have to keep elevating. You'll get to one level and you're like, okay, we got to level up. And every single time you level up, there's going to be tension again. So what you need to understand, what I did not get in 2018, is you are always going against what society, what your community, what your family can understand. And when that happens, it's going to be harder for you than if you didn't. It seems really obvious, but it's not. 
It's not obvious. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. In 2017, when I was writing Girl, Wash Your Face, in 2017, when I was thinking about having my first women's conference, that was not a thing. It was not a thing. It's like a hot commodity. It's a thing now. Everybody's doing this and understanding that women, that mamas, that women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, care about personal development, want to work on their lives, their hearts, their finances, their business. That's a thing. It wasn't very popular then. And I think to some extent, there's still some negativity surrounding this idea. There probably will always be some negativity around personal development because it's a pretty easy field to take advantage of people. Like it happens all the time. I get it. But I have always known the intentions of my heart. I have always known what I was trying to do. I always have known my why. But just because I know what I'm doing and have known what I am doing, it doesn't mean that it will always be accepted. It doesn't mean that it will always be liked. It doesn't mean that it will always be understood by anybody, by everybody, it's not a guarantee. And I think, no, I know I really struggled with that for a very long time because when I got negative pushback, when, you know, we would have a RISE conference and women would come from all over the world and they would, you know, spend three days journaling, working on their hearts, listening to speakers. We'd dance, we'd have so much fun, we'd laugh, we'd cry. If you've been to a RISE conference, you know what it's all about. We would do that, and then people in the comment section would be like, this looks like a cult. This looks crazy. And I always just find that so wild that people would judge something they'd never been to or that they would judge these women for their choices, how they decided to spend their weekend, how they decided to spend their money, their vacation time. Like, It was so wild to me that there would be this negative feedback from people who had never been a part of it. And what I didn't understand then that I know now is that that kind of feedback from strangers on the internet is 100% about them and has literally nothing to do with you. Because think about this for a minute. Do you know anyone in your life who would actually go see something on the internet or on social media, like would see a stranger's post and would immediately use it as an opportunity to talk shit? Do you know anyone? I'm sure I know a couple people, but if I think about them, they're like my crazy relatives. They're like my crazy aunt so-and-so who is way too into Facebook, who loves a doom scroll. You know, she got a a lot of opinions in her and her husband stopped listening to her like 25 years ago. So this is her moment, you know, that that's who I know 
who does that? It is helpful for me or it was helpful for me to understand that nobody I know or respect spends their time that way. I mean, there's lots of stuff on the internet I don't like or agree with. I'm positive there's lots of stuff that you don't like or agree with, but I just don't use my energy to spew on other people, especially if it's something I've never taken part of. So all of that to say, I didn't know to expect that. And it really messed with my head because I would be like, man, if you if you're here with us in this room and you see what's happening, it's not weird. It's really not. I mean, yeah, I guess it's weird that like thousands of women want to sit together for a weekend and like unpack their childhood trauma and talk about body image and, you know, listen to speakers and whatever. I guess, but then also, you know, I know a bunch of people who just went and like did shrooms in the desert and were bathing suits and cut off shorts and enjoyed their life at Coachella. That's not what I'm going to do this weekend, but like live your life. I know people who went and did an ultra marathon. I know people who, you know, did a horse jumping competition or went to a dog show or, you know, I don't understand watching football. Like, and, but lots of people are into that. It's just like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. So I, I, I really struggled with like, why would people shit all over this? And what I couldn't understand then that I get now is that anytime women try to empower themselves, there's going to be pushback. Anytime women empower themselves in any way and show it publicly, there's going to be pushback. You know, if a man is on stage with 10,000 people in the audience, Oh my God, look at him. Look at this success. My gosh, look at him go. Oh, he's worked out like this is amazing. We love this for him because of course a man can be a leader, right? But if a woman stands on stage and a woman brings a bunch of other women to stand on stage and women are the ones in the audience, that makes people feel weird. And yeah, a lot of dudes feel weird about that. But the most pushback comes from other women. And the most pushback comes from other women, I think, who are not standing in their own power. Because when we are fully empowered, we don't try and take power away from other people. It is when we feel that we don't have freedom, that we try and take other people's freedom, that we try and knock other people down. I think that you see someone else doing something that secretly you wish you could do. Maybe even it doesn't show up in the same way, but you see someone doing something. You see someone having the courage to step outside the box because it it is outside the box. Any of those women who came to a Rise conference, any women who go to a personal development conference, it doesn't matter which one it is, they are stepping outside the box of what society thinks women should do, especially if they have kids. That's not what a good mama does. A good mama doesn't leave town and go take a a conference to learn how to be better at her finances. Uh, A good mama doesn't go out of town and go to a health summit. That's not what we do. She doesn't go to a yoga retreat. A good mama stays home with her kids and does X, Y, and Z. And the person saying that is often the one who did the exact things that she's telling you you're supposed to do. So I didn't understand then that we were doing something that was pushing against what society thinks is normal. And when you do that, you're going against the grain. And when you go against the grain, there's going to be more scrutiny. You're going to have more comments. You're going to have more people who don't like it. And here's the thing. You're going to have a lot more stress because of it. You just are. It is more stressful to pursue a life that people are watching, that people are judging, that people have opinions on, it's more stressful than if you don't. It's also why I wanted to talk about this today because I thought, well, maybe some of you need to just 
have a reality check. Maybe some of you need to look at what you're trying to do and maybe you're like, you know what? I don't need the stress. I don't need that. I don't want it enough. That is okay. Uh, This is such a, uh, you guys maybe heard me tell the story, but like it's such a name dropping thing. But when I met Oprah, that's what she asked me. She was like, are you sure you want this? And I felt like God was asking me if I wanted to do this work. She looked me dead in the eyes, like dead in my soul. She's like, are you sure you want this? I still like can feel it in my chest that moment. And it, I, I don't know if I, if it took me 10 seconds or like three minutes to answer her. And I was like, yes, I want to pursue this. And she was like, okay, then you have to be ready. She's like, very few people in this world will understand what it is to try and lead out in this way as a woman. She's like, but I understand it. And it is not for the faint of heart. So that's where we have to start. You have to understand that you are making a choice, whether it's on a global scale or in your own community or in your family of origin, you are making a choice that is different. And because it is different, you're going to encounter tension. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to say, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend, but more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. It's also worth saying, not going to go into this in detail 
because I've got other podcasts that talk about it and there's a ton of people who take this on in a more intense way than I do. But as a leader who is pursuing these things, it's why we work out every day. It's why we do things like cold therapy. It's why we sauna. It's why we challenge ourselves physically. It's why we do things with endurance. It's why we take care of our bodies. We do all of those things to make us strong enough to do this work, to make us emotionally strong enough, to make us physically strong enough. We do things like get into a cold plunge because we are intentionally choosing stress in that moment to get our bodies used to being able to handle stress. If you haven't ever read it, uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth is a great book. But the idea of being able to bounce back quickly, to show up again, to keep going, that is required, period required. Like it just is. Okay, the next thing that I didn't know. Oh, this is a good one. Listen, listen to me. Success and money will not make you or your relationships different. Success and money are amplifiers. Success and money don't make you different. They amplify what is already inside of you. You know, my relationship's in trouble, but like, if I can just make enough money, then we'll be okay, then we'll get along. Or, uh, you know, I'm really struggling as a parent, my relationship with my kids sucks, but like, just once I can get through launching this next project, then I'll have time to devote to these guys. Or my team at work, we're really struggling, it's all messed up and there's not like the systems or the processes we need, but I just know that if we have this success, then suddenly it's all going to work. That's just, it's not true. It's not true. You can believe me now and make change, or you can believe me later when it's too late, but it's just not true. Money and success are amplifiers of what is already there. If you are an asshole, you're going to be a bigger asshole when you have a million dollars. I think this is especially true for relationships. And if you've hung out with me for a long time, you've made me heard me speak on every part of this. But I have really interesting perspective having gone from nobody believes in me, everybody believes in me, me thinking, oh my gosh, I finally did it. I finally got my partner. I finally got my in-laws. I finally got my family. I finally got my friends. Like all these people who doubted me, who thought I was crazy, who thought I was working too much, tilting at windmills, like all this stuff that these people thought, they don't think that anymore because I proved myself. But really, the way they felt about me never changed because their belief was situational. That's not something that I understood back then. The people pleaser in me thought, oh my gosh, my in-laws for years had all of these opinions about me being a working mom. And they were debilitating. Again, people pleaser, debilitating to me. And I tried everything I could. I've written about this extensively, but I tried everything I could to like tap dance and be the right kind of woman and be the right kind of mom and show up in a way that would make them happy. And no matter what I did, it was never enough. And for years, I felt like crap because there were all these like passive aggressive comments or straight up aggressive comments about what this was going to do to my kids and blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly I had success that was so massive. It's like the, if you ever heard that Steve Martin quote, be so good, they can't ignore you. Well, all of a sudden I had success that was so big that their friends started to notice. So like my parents' friends and my in-laws' friends and like friends of friends, like all these people started to notice because the books were doing so well and like my star was rising and all of these things were happening and suddenly they couldn't ignore it anymore. And now, well, they were just so proud and we always knew you could do it. And I had never felt that from them before. And I soaked it up like 
a child who was starved for affection, which P.S. is exactly what I was because that little version of me is still in here. I just, I soaked it up because I was like, oh, I finally did it. I finally proved myself to them. But it's situational. If, if someone changes the way they feel about you at your core, like who you are, because you're suddenly making more money, the relationship didn't get better. You've just amplified in that person where their value lies. You've also amplified in yourself where your lack of worth comes into play. I mean, that is, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm a like, gotta prove myself, gotta hustle for my worth, gotta do the thing. And that's like my whole deal since I was a little girl, was like, oh, I'll just prove myself. I'll prove myself. I'll prove myself. And then you'll love me. I'll do these things. I'll check these boxes. And then you'll love me. So to finally get that on a on a massive scale was, I thought at the time, everything I had been chasing. And it's taken like five additional years of therapy and understanding and maturity to look at that and go, God, that was unhealthy. That was so unhealthy because if you don't love me for me, if you don't love who I am, like if you are my family, if you are my close friend, like if you are that and you don't love this version of me without money, without success, without attention, without the connections to hook you up, then you don't love me. And it's a really hard one to explain unless you've experienced it. And I don't even know if this one will help you guys until you start to get to a place where you see it come to fruition. But if your relationship isn't good now, your success is not going to change that. It might make you feel better. On the surface level, it might make you feel better. But internally, it's all the same stuff. All the same things are there that were there before. The third thing that I didn't know. And that might like, let me just tell you this. Like I say this all the time, but let this sink in today. Maybe for the first time ever, let this sink in. If you want to do this work, you will fail a lot and you will fail publicly. I think when people hear this, they're like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know failure is part of it, blah, blah, blah. But what they actually do is try and figure out how they can be smarter than the failure. How can I be smart? How can I learn from everything that's going on? How can I do any of this stuff, but I won't ever fail at it? I won't get it wrong. And so I won't experience that moment. It's impossible. Because your success, remember, your success is not like everybody else. Everybody else is trying to avoid failure. If you want a bigger level of success in any area of your life, it will require you to experiment. It's going to require you to try things you haven't done before. It's going to require you to jump into the deep end before you know how to swim. It's going to require you to set yourself up in a million different ways for things that might not work out. That is fundamental. It is a fundamental part of anything you attempt to do. Do you get that? Do you get that failure is required? Because if you don't understand that that is part of it, when you fail, not if, when you fail, it's going to be way too easy for you to quit. You're going to give up. If you don't understand that that's part of it. In fact, remember earlier I was talking about the friends I have who are entrepreneurs or maybe they're older or maybe they're guys or whatever. They just have a different mentality than I do around failure. They expect it. They expect the failure. They're planning for it. They are pushing past what they are capable of doing, knowing that there's a good chance they might get it wrong, but they are doing that. Because they understand that on the other side of that failure is information. It's knowledge of how to do it better next time. It's knowledge of what doesn't work. It's knowledge and learning and all of these things. Okay, not this road. Let's try this one. 
failure is part of it. So if you don't want to fail publicly, quit what you're doing right now. Quit. You'll still fail in life. You'll fail privately, which doesn't have nearly as much growth inside of it. But at least it won't hurt as bad. And at least people won't see you vulnerable. And at least people won't be able, they'll still talk crap. Don't don't get me wrong, but they won't be able to talk crap on a greater level. Failure is part of it. And man, we are in a culture that is just looking, grasping, desperate for people to fail. Desperate for it. I would like to say as a community, I think energetically we can change this by being a group that looks for successes and celebrates everything Let's be the people who do comment on strangers on the internet, but we comment with joy and support and love and holy crap, that looked hard. Good for you, girl. Like, way to go. This is so inspiring. This is so impressive. Like, let's be those people because we know that the voice of negativity is a thousand times louder. It's a roar, right? Sometimes support is a whisper. And criticism is a roar. Let's flip the tables. Energetically, we can do that. Energetically, we can love and support people. The people we follow, let, like, let's, let's do that for them. Let's not be bystanders. Let's be people who are like, fuck yeah, good for you. That, that's amazing. Even if it's something you're not into or don't get. In fact, even better if it's something you're not into or don't get. Let's support the successes because you know, you and I both know that if you're seeing success, that person had 50 failures before they got to that place. Catch that right now. Understand that all of these things are the price of admission and you don't have to buy a ticket. But if you want something that's different than what other people have, By the very nature of that decision, you are choosing a path that's harder. Accept it and keep going. The fourth thing that I didn't know, and I had heard this a million times, and it's very real, and I I hesitated to include it today because I don't, you know me, guys, like I don't want to put stuff out that's negative and doesn't really have maybe a solution, but this is true. It's lonely at the top. It is. Now, it's not uncrowded. (laughs) There's lots of people who want to be your friend when you are successful. And I am speaking from my experience. I am speaking about my friends who have a million times more massive success than I do, who are artists, who are singers, who are entrepreneurs, who've sold their companies for a billion dollars. Like I have all sorts of friends and we would tell you, if you sat us all down in a group, everyone's gonna tell you some version of it's lonely at the top. You will never lack for company. You will never lack for people who wanna hang out with you. What you will struggle with is to find people who are real, and to find people who understand who you are now. That's a big one. It's why I think you see a lot of people, let's take athletes for instance, and I use that reference because a lot of athletes who have success are coming out of, they're young, right? They're coming out of high school or they're coming right out of college and they're going into these massive contracts and they're seeing millions of dollars and maybe it's something they've never experienced before. And you'll see a lot of times that they will bring their their original group of friends, will sort of bring them with them. You see this with musical artists all the time. They're like hanging out with someone that they grew up with and they have those people surrounding them. Part of the reason is because they're like, well, I can trust them. I can trust this person because they loved me before anybody knew my name. And there's beauty in that. There's such beauty in that because you're like, this is my real friend and they love me 
no matter what. I'm going to add a caveat to that in a minute, but just stay with me for a second. The problem with that group of people is that oftentimes the only version of you they can really understand is the one they grew up with, is the one they knew from you know the second year at uni. It's someone they used to know. And when you get to certain levels in any field, it is very helpful to have at least one person at that level who can understand where you're at now, who can understand what it means to walk in a similar field, to have that kind of contract put in front of you, to you know, sell your first million-dollar home, to take the business to a certain level, to have you know, hire your first employee, hire your hundredth employee. If you have people in your life who can get that, it's so freaking helpful. So when you hear it's lonely at the top, I think it's because it's either a lack of people that you feel like would love you no matter what, or it's a lack of people who can get you now, who can understand you now. I didn't want to talk about that one because I don't have a hard and fast answer for how to fix it. Because at first I wanted to be like, no, this isn't true. Like there's so many good people. There's blah, blah, blah. Like I'm only finding more community, the larger, you know, this work gets, the more people I'm just, the community is only getting bigger. But that brings me to my fifth thing, which is when people into your life. Actually, I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote. When people come into your life after you are successful, that success is always a factor unless they don't need your success in any way. You know, when when Girl Wash Your Face exploded, And then girls stop apologizing, did so well on the heels of that. And just my business, everything was just wild. And it was a runaway train and like all these things. It was so amazing. Man, everybody was my best friend. Everybody was my best friend. Everybody wanted to hang out with me. Everybody wanted me to speak on their stage. Everybody wanted me on the podcast. Everybody wanted. And remember, I'm a people pleaser. And I had lived in the personal development world as a consumer. And so all of a sudden, my heroes were inviting me to do things. They were inviting me to hang out. They wanted to be my friend. They, you know, and I just was an idiot. And I'd never experienced this before. So I was so grateful for the opportunity. And I'm still grateful for the opportunity because I learned so much. But I also learned to be a lot more cautious about who I allow into my circle. Because in some cases, I saw behind the scenes and I was like, oh, you are not the person that you are pretending to be on the internet or on stage or like you're not at all like behind the scenes. You're actually super gross and there's nothing about you I want to have in my life. And so I don't want to even do business. That's a, this is not everybody. I know a lot of people can kind of separate these things, but I, if, if someone like, there's just like that intuition, right? You're like, this feels icky. And when I started to meet people, not everyone, obviously, but when I started to meet people in the industry and I would see behind the scenes, I was like, oh, this is gross. And it doesn't matter how much money it would be worth. I can't, I can't associate with you. So there was a a period where I was like doing everything. I was like, so I was the darling of personal development and everyone wanted me. But the more interactions I had, the more I was like, I, no, no. There was a moment I was very much in that space and then removed myself from it. It's why I don't, like if you see me friends with someone for a long period of time. Like if you see me, it's because they are genuinely my friend and I genuinely love them as a person. And it's rarely people 
I'm meeting at the higher levels of success. It's like, you know, my friend group in a lot of ways are people that I've known forever. And I guess that kind of goes back to the lonely thing. Like I am never at a loss for like that life giving, you know, my best girlfriends and we're going to go drink wine. We're going to have laugh until we pee our pants. We're going to go on vacation. Like I'm never at a loss for that. I do long for more friends who could understand like my work and my business. I don't have close friends who do what I do really. And I long for that. And so I guess that's the piece that feels lonely. Like I have friends who are very successful, but they're not, they're not, they don't have podcasts. They don't write books. They don't do this thing. So I keep asking the universe for that, but I just wanted to say it because it's freaking true. And if you're someone, if you're an introvert, maybe it's, maybe you don't care. But if you're an extrovert like me and you get energy from other people, that is a piece that I miss was that kind of the more success I had, the less I felt like I could trust who my friends were. And I can look back on those years and absolutely see people. I just, I feel like such a naive country mouse where I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's like one of my best friends. I'm like, no, that person used you for your platform. And then as soon as the tide was turning or as soon as you had a public failure, then those people are nowhere to be found. And I know it's true because then when I failed, which happens, and I kept going and I kept doing the work, and I kept showing up and suddenly then my career exploded again. And then those people magically started texting again, guys. It's not an accident. And I might have been an idiot once, but I'm not now. Yeah, it's worth saying. Like, I, I don't want to ever kind of redo things in life. I don't believe in that. I think it all happened to teach me a lesson. But I do wish I had a bit more discernment about who I thought were my friends or who I thought were good business partners because those losses were really hurtful for me. And I bring up the business partner piece because that's the other thing I didn't get. And this is a good one. And I think it applies to a lot of fields. When you start to have financial success at something, and maybe the thing you're pursuing doesn't involve finances, so if so, just ignore this. But when you start to have financial success, lots of people want to collaborate with you. Lots of people have ideas about how you could go in business together. Lots of people want to come alongside you. They want to be your agent. They want to be your manager. They want to do all of these things. You're a hot commodity. Which is why I say like your success is always going to be a factor in that relationship because they need your success for their success. You have to really be cautious of those kind of relationships where you are in business with someone and they are in business with you because you are successful or because they are betting on your future success. There's nothing wrong with that relationship. I have amazing agents that I work with who 100% are in a relationship with me because of my success, period. I don't get this twisted, and I used to. I used to think, oh, these people are my friends. These people love me. These people care about me deeply and want, no. They're good people. I think it would probably bum them out if they heard me say this, but do I think for one second that if I stopped making money and they stopped taking a percentage of that, that they would still be checking in on me? Absolutely not. I think they care about me as a human. I think they care about me as a client, but I don't get it twisted anymore to think that we're in a relationship that's anything other than very friendly, fun, grateful for their energy, but still a business relationship. That is a younger version of me could not see that. And so it was deeply hurtful when I would realize like, oh, damn, you really, you're here for one reason. And 
I need to know that because I would make decisions that were emotional-based or relationally-based, not business-based. Oh, no, like, yeah, of course, like, you should take a commission on that even though you didn't work on it. Like, of course, like, you're my buddy, da 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 No. When the shit hits the fan, that relationship is going to get real business and way less friendly. So if that's true, then it needs to just be that the entire time. That's just, that is. And maybe you have a different experience. Maybe you're like, no, my, you know, my manager is my best friend or like this member of my team. We're so close. Like I did that a lot too, like with employees. That is a huge mistake in my life is I thought, oh, you are my friend which is so dumb. Like I just thought we're all hanging out. When there's an exchange of money, it's never going to be just friends. It's never, maybe it can be very friendly and beautiful and great, but it's never going to be completely real because you're paying that person to do a job. And I have had my feelings hurt so many times which is so, it's immature of me. It's like, I've had to work on this, but the amount of people, I've had so many teammates over the years, like been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I've had so many team members, at least over a hundred at this point. And I thought many of them were my friends. We would travel together, lunches, dinners, laughing. You're with each other in these like stressful situations. It's super intimate. It's all of this stuff. And I thought, well, no matter what, like even if we don't work together, we're still going to be friends. I feel like such an idiot after the fact because I'll like reach out like, oh, we'd love to see you. Let's get coffee. Let's have dinner. Let's, you know, whatever. And then it's like crickets. Or they're like, oh my gosh, of course. They do that thing that people do where they're like, yeah, for sure. Da, 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 da. And then like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, it was, yeah, you have a whole life. Like it's not, it's not what I thought it was. I don't know. It sounds like maybe a little bit sad, but it's real. Like Jack, who works with me, Jack, and he's watching this video. Hi, Jack, I love you. I love Jack very much. I believe that Jack loves me. And we are... I'd like to think very dear to each other after working together. I don't know if it's been a decade, but it's a very close to that. It's a long time. But I still am conscious of the fact that like, you know, would Jack take off in his sprinter van and never see me again if we no longer work together? Probably because he has a life and maybe we'd connect once a year out in, you know, Joshua Tree and like we'd hang out or whatever. But like, I don't know. I just think it's a healthier thing to understand. You can care and love people very much, but when there's an exchange of money or when someone has come into your life and you have success or you have money and you're the one picking up the check all the time and you're the one paying for the vacations and you're the one doing the thing and you're the one hooking it up, like it's always going to be a factor. It might not be the biggest factor, but it is a factor unless they don't need your success or your money for any reason. I highly suggest finding people that are more successful in the area that you are trying to be a success in because these are the people who are never going to judge you for your ambition. These are the people who are going to have beautiful ideas for how to get to the next level. And these are going to be the people who don't need anything from you. That is beautiful. At this point in my life, I am only attracting friends who don't need anything from me. And it doesn't mean that they're more successful than me. I have friends who are just like, they don't care. They don't care about how many people listen to this podcast. They don't care about book sales. They don't, they're just like, oh, I like hanging out with Rach. She's fun. That's the only time that success and money is not going to be an issue is if it's someone who genuinely does not care. I don't know if that's like depressing. I hope it's not depressing. It's just genuinely what I have found. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't identify with it at all because I guarantee you five years ago, I would have been like, no, F that. 
My assistant is my best friend. We do everything together. She loves me no matter what, blah, blah, blah. Like I was that person. And so what I would have taken personal issue with these ideas because I they would have been counter to what I believed in my heart. But I started out our chat today telling you that I wanted to share stuff I wish I had known. These are things that are true for my life today that I think would have been helpful to understand back then just to at least like put in the back, you know, put that on the back burner and take it with you. If you find yourself in situations where you're navigating a new business partnership and you're like making emotional decisions because they're your friend or because you want to be a nice person, maybe a little alarm bell goes off and you're like, ooh, 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 this is what Rach was talking about. Or maybe you find yourself you know, launching a new product and it just totally fails and you're super embarrassed and you're like, well, there, there goes that business. I guess I'm not going to try for this dream anymore. And you're like, wait, wait, this is what Rachel said. Like failure is part of that. I'm going to fail. And every time you level up, guess what? New places for you to fail, new, you know, crevices for you to fall into, new things, but also not just new failures, but new successes. Because the obstacle is the way, like Ryan Holiday says in his book, like once you get past this thing, you're going to have knowledge and tools and resources that you didn't have before. And I guess the thick skin that I have developed over this time is I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like my creator gave me the ability to talk to you guys with either the ability to speak, the ability to write, somehow to communicate in a way that has resonance with other people. I've been given this platform. There's so much opportunity that I have. There's so much privilege that I have. All of these things exist. And I have to believe that's for something. And so I have to keep taking steps forward in faith that there's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And I can't really concern myself with whether or not people get it. I can't concern myself with whether or not some people hate it. I can't concern myself with, you know, someone who's like looking for me to mess up because guess what? It's not that hard. I'm sure there's all kinds of ways that I say words funny I like flub my words or I make a mistake or my hair looks whatever or I'm human and I'm flawed and so are you. And if we show up authentically for our dreams, if we show up authentically for our life, of course there's going to be things to scrutinize. And if that's what you obsess over and focus on, then that will become your reality. I think in a lot of ways I attracted that. I think in a lot of ways, I was so terrified of failing. I was so terrified of getting it wrong. I was so, oh my God, so petrified by the idea that someone would be mad at me. I genuinely believe I attracted it to my life. Like it was, you know, I've talked about this a ton. You guys have got to listen if you haven't listened to me talk about manifesting and what we pull in. I think I attracted that. And I think that I began to see a shift, not just in my career or success, but also in my enjoyment of this work when I let go of that. When I focused on who this is for, who this is for, who is this work for? What is this episode? What is today's episode? Who is it for? If you're still here, it was for you, right? There was a reason. I don't know what it was, but I made this for you. And I I like to think that we attracted each other. You came into this space and we found each other in this moment in in all the millennia in this moment in the universe you and I found this this instant to hang out with each other. Because I focus on creating work for someone, not creating work to try and not offend anybody. Somewhere along the lines, we stopped trying to play to win. And we started to obsess over how not to lose. 
And that is a recipe for mediocrity. Whatever it is you're trying to do, it's going to take you aiming really high. And when we aim high, there's more room to fall. But there's also more room to fly. So I hope you'll keep going. And I hope this was helpful. (sighs) All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. If you liked this episode, if you're still here, there's a chance you liked it, will you please consider sharing it? Share it with a friend, share it with your husband, your sister. Maybe you put it on your social media feed if you think it was great. I usually post a reel of the episodes. Maybe you could share that in your story, whatever you could do to get the word out about the show. I would super appreciate it. I will be back soon with more information. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.